Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Would Tramie be fighting it as hard if they were 15th in the league? Not for me, Clive. You know, you've got Sunderland, Portsmouth and Ipswich in our league now, in League One. They're massive clubs. Not for me, Clive. Because it will come back around, there will be something that will benefit other people as well. Not for me, Clive. Video killed the radio star. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Man Marking. Today, we're doing another episode of Not For Me Clive. Yes, it is loud. It's a Friday. People might be sleepy. We're getting them up. As usual, I'm joined by... Uh, I'm, I'm joined by my two friends. I often call them maybe two sexy fellas or, you know, two to the gruesome twosome or something. But today, I'm just going to refer to you. And it may be because I've had a couple of cans, but you are my two <laughs> friends. My two friends, Ant and Ryan, how are we? I'm fantastic, mate. I'm brought biscuits. What more can you want? Yes, you did. Cut. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a half cut. <laughs> I've had a couple of cans. I'm merry. Oh, I'm merry berry. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. How are you, Ant? It's just a peep behind the curtain to see that, you know, you're not drinking on a Friday morning, are you? Well, not yet, anyway. I mean, the thing is, you probably shouldn't peek behind my curtains. Yeah, well. That I, mean, I would not recommend such a thing. Yeah. You also started that as, like, a video called the radio star. And I was like, you sounded like a racehorse commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Video killed the radio stars coming up the left hand side. <laughs> and what's this? Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and here comes large cappuccino on the outside. Um, yeah, so another episode of Not For Me Clive where you get 30 to 40 minutes of our voices, which I'm sure everybody listening is, I'm going to say, you know, giddy. Giddy for it. I wish you see your face when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Giddy. Just a caress of giddy I've ever giddy seen. And uh, today's topic, uh, we're ahead of the new season. So, so close to the last season, but we're ahead of the new season. And before we get started, because we're ahead of the new season, we've been doing some predictions episodes, have we not, fellas? We have, yeah. yeah. We've done the Premier League, the Championship, League One, and we've also done League Two. And... And where can the where can the good listeners find those episodes? I believe you can find them on our Patreon. You can find them on our Patreon. Ryan, how much do people have to pay to access our Patreon? Just two pound ninety nine. Just two pound ninety nine. Less than a pint in most places. Le- much less. You could probably get two pints. Yeah, yeah probably could these days. Shopping it. Absolutely. No, actually, no. That doesn't make any sense. It's pretty. You could. Anyway, two ninety nine a month. That's all it is to help us grow the podcast. Um, may I say, Dan? Fifty percent of that's going where? Uh, the pub. Okay, no, I was going to say to charity. It is going to charity. Yes, um, we will be announcing our charity partner next week. The dry has just gone off. We will be announcing our charity partner next week. But yes, you can find those episodes on our Patreon. We also have two special early release interviews: one with Barrow midfielder Mike Jones, and a second one, which will be announced today. If you're listening on the Friday with a current championship midfielder. And if you uh, check out our Twitter, which is at marking underscore man, you can find more details about that. But, done with the admin, done with that. Yeah. Let's move on with the good stuff. The season starts tomorrow. Yeah. So we're asking... Where's the talking? Where's the talking, lads? (laughs) So we're asking, what should fans reasonably expect from their team? Okay, yeah. And Are this, we this stipulating is, anything more than that? Are we talking Premier League, any league? Any, I mean, what we what we what we can do is we can certainly name specific examples and use them as kind of 
you know, show, you know, kind of talk around those teams specifically. Yeah. But I was more looking at kind of, I think, you know, with the, the kind of twenty four seven news coverage you get around football these days, there's there's lots of expectations that get built up. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of interest. No matter what level your clubs are, you know, it might not be. You know, a Premier League club that's on Sky Sports News all the time. But even if you're a club at our level at League Two, even in the National League, your club's got its own media people. Mm-hmm. They're putting out stuff all the time. So there's a lot of expectation built up. And from that can obviously result some resentment, some anger, and some of the sort of masculine traits that we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. So what I'm going to ask you then, Ant. Yeah, go on. Ahead of the new season. Mm. What should fans reasonably expect from their team? Difficult one, isn't it? I think. Um, personally, looking from a, a Tramier point of view, I'm not really sure what to expect. I think football's a bit of a, a weird one down at the bottom end, well, bottom of the leagues, really, like League One, League Two. We haven't seen it for, what, since March? March the 10th was the last game. It was, man. Um, different times bit of a different experience for most lower league fans as well obviously not being able to go to game and that's not having a dig at anyone who attends a championship game or a, a Premier League game but it's it's a little bit different and not as easy easily accessible mm-hmm. you know there's no streams I, I always found that funny when, when we were in uni and the lads were like oh, I'm just going to watch the Liverpool game I was like oh, yeah, I'll just follow Tramion on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean so I don't really know what it's going to be like it, it, yeah, you don't really know Obviously, we've seen people sign quite a lot of players. We mentioned previously on podcasts that there was a lot of players available to sign on free transfers. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of additions, you know, the likes of Bolton, Salford, ourselves, and up and down the leagues in like League One and Championship as well. So you don't really know. Have you been surprised by the amount of movement and activity? No, it, it, it's considering all, obviously the kind of uncertain scenario that we're yeah, in. Yeah, I, I haven't been surprised by the activity. I've been surprised, but there's not. I can't. Remember, we haven't given many two-year deals. Oh, there's been a lot of one-year deals. So yeah, Jay Spearing's the only one of ours that got two. Yeah, so I think that that's um, that's quite sensible. I think, and I think that's been replicated throughout the leagues. Uh, maybe towards the championship and Premier leagues have been a lot more. But I suppose uh, the uncertainty, given the the change restrictions that are coming in on Monday, yeah. is probably another thing that's factored into the way the clubs yeah. are kind of approaching this season. So, so you don't really know what you're coming up against. There's not been a really big pre-season. Start with the League Cup. It's behind closed doors. It's a bit weird. Do Is know? it making you look forward to it less? Um, I just don't know what to. I really don't know what to expect mm. from the competitiveness side of it. Yeah. So I don't know how good my team is because I haven't really seen them. I think I had to find a YouTube link to watch a preseason game <laughs> the other day in work at like three o'clock. And, uh, if Ant's just, boss is listening to this, he's only joking. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you don't really know. I don't really know where any teams quite are. I think for the Premier League teams and the the, the Championship teams we played so recently, like we said, you know, the season ended the other month. It, it wasn't March, so you don't really quite know what's going on. I think mm. for us as well, we got a new manager. Just going to take a little bit of a while to settle in, and I think as a fan trying to experience that, obviously we've got the, the new restrictions, whatever that does to going back to the match. It, it's yet to be seen, but it could be a bit. It's going to be a weird one, isn't it? A bit hard. Uh, expectations. I just expect to compete. I think we've 
I think we've seen you know I will go back up and, and this and that and I think a lot of teams will be in that similar position you know I look for example Watford will probably go, will go straight back up you've seen their squad they released <laughs> the squad numbers it's amazing isn't which it which we talked about in the, the championship predictions yeah, it's amazing isn't it? But, but they'll be expecting to go back up but they might it, it might be a bit harder for them you know that they're going to have what they're going to have, have experienced for a number of years in the Premier League mm-hmm. is going into most games not being the favourite mm-hmm. and they're going to go into every single game every week now mm-hmm. obviously results dependent as the favourites so kind, kind of moving on from that then and I'm going to move over to Ryan because we've not heard his lovely voice for a, for a short while Ryan if we mm-hmm. kind of take the Covid element out of it and this is something that the three of us have had group discussions about and we've had discussions with friends of, of supporters of different clubs different clubs at different levels as well do you think that it's very difficult for certain teams in certain positions in the pyramid to know what to expect from their club and does that then impact on how they support and interact with their club yeah I think so I think it's the unknown for everyone isn't it I- you said before a lot of people seem to have signed a lot of players I think it's been one of them weird windows where you've released 10 but you've signed 9 mm. so you're probably actually worse off but I think it's going to be a lot more of a level playing field in the lower leagues I think in the championship it could be a bit of a farce if you've got like Wofford with Ismail Asar and people like that <laughs> and then you've got other people who I genuinely think will see a few more tragedies like I think you'll see a lot more people going administration halfway through we're at a point now where people were making arguments last year weren't they void the season and then problems still exist but mm. the argument's gone away it's quite bizarre so clubs and this isn't from a Tramia point of view forget Tramia for one second but clubs couldn't afford two months playing behind closed doors four months ago but they can now we're looking at more lockdown measures we're actually going to looks like we're going to actually push the threshold back for when we're going to bring fans back so do we how, think there's any concern over the season actually even well, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Do we, do we start it and then struggle, or do we say, "Hold on, this can't start"? And but I don't then, want to but be then you're in a really difficult limbo, but then, aren't you? You are. Because 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 I think if you take the sporting elements out of it, what you've then got is a load of employees who do you. Well, what, what it will it will go ahead. It'll just have to survive on streaming fees and TV money. So we've obviously already, we've got the ice follow, haven't we? We've already seen it with the Czech Republic, haven't we? Where they said, "No, lads, just go and find some other players and play play the game." Yeah. And he got beat by Scotland, and they probably would have won the game with a first yeah. team. And you know, you got people like Susek and Shek as well, and, and all that. He, he would have won it, but Jan uh, Collin not playing. No, Pavel <laughs> never. It, it, um, you could have brought them in. The, the, when you were going back to the, like the expectations side of it, I think a lot of teams have kind of historic expectations I think mm-hmm. they bleed in from different fan bases I think we've got it in, at Tramia you know, we had that fairly successful period in the 90s Everton have had it in in, in the 80s and it's, yeah. it's it's pretty much stopped now but they're, they're looking to get back and they've always tried to strive to get back to that position so those expect and Liverpool as well had those expectations they've not been as barren but it, it, it's in every club I mean you look at not Forest, for example. Mm-hmm. Like the expectations of that club are huge, and yeah. needs to get back yeah. in the Premier League. So, and that holds them back, I think. In, in it does, and, as well. and I think you get that big mix, melting pot of, of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really difficult, and I think it's difficult for for fans. It, it kind of puts them through a mire, doesn't it? As well, it you know, where are we going? What are we doing? And and because I feel for a lot of the clubs, they're not even at the ceiling really. They're just they're either 
almost there and then just like going in a, sh- a weird direction like a fork in a road that doesn't need to happen mm. or they, they get there and then they change their idea so Stoke when they got to the Premier League went, yeah. we want to play sec- I can't say this sexy football with Mark Hughes well do you remember we played them in the cup at home just after Mark Hughes had taken over and they were singing we are Stoke City. We're passing the ball. Yeah. We're passing the ball. That was that was enjoyable. But I suppose Stoke are a really good example of it. Yeah. And 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 I wrote Stoke down as one of the teams that I was kind of looking at. I think Bournemouth, to a lesser extent as well, fall into that category. The team that I look at in the Premier League that I can see going into that category of what do we do now? Like like we got to the Premier League. We're an established Premier League club. We finished in the top half. Like, what is there left to do? Like, what do we do now? The club that I wrote down was Sheffield United. They're the next club that I can see falling into that category of doing three or four seasons, establishing yourself as a good mid-table Premier League side. And then you just look at it and you go, okay, well... You've got to win a cup. <clears throat> there isn't enough emphasis on winning trophies. And Why I do you think, think that is, genuinely? I, I think part of the problem is now it's that competitive in the Premier League. And when I say competitive, I don't mean from top to bottom. I mean your pockets you get so fighting for Champions League fighting for Europa and then staying up there's normally about 5 points separated like 19th to 12th till a couple of weeks to go Yeah. so when the FA Cup 5th round 6th round comes around and you're Bournemouth or Newcastle or West Ham you go I can't lose my Premier League status so I can't play my best team in the FA Cup because it's another game and I can't yeah. but I look at it and you go when the season finishes and you finish 14th and the season before you finish 12th and the season before 15th and then 13th you go you'd might as well finish 17th stayed up by a point and won the FA Cup mm. but is it? do we think it's just down to money then is it, ju- is it just not, the finances I think finances but also the, the glamour of being in the Premier League mm-hmm. because it's so hard to go back up stability not isn't it? everybody yeah. bounces back and you I mean you look at Fulham last year Tony Khan's a very rich man I mean he mm-hmm. owns an NFL team He's, he tried to buy Wembley going down for Fulham wasn't the end of the world because he literally just went I loan out the lads who don't want to be here, like Seri and, and the other few, few others that he paid, uh, paid big money for. But he could afford to go, I can keep Mitrovic and I can pay 15 yeah. million for Anthony Lockhart or anything like that. So some clubs will be all right, but as you say, a Bournemouth. How many years can they afford to be in the Championship now? Well, that's it. And I, what I look at is that, and, and, and we'll, we'll kind of move to those maybe more sort of classically big clubs with big expectations you like to Newcastle and Everton we'll, we'll kind of move on to those in a little bit but for a club like as you say like Bournemouth as I mentioned there Stoke there's probably some other examples in there West Brom maybe Watford fell into aren't that historically category. a huge club Watford if you look at it if you're if you're a club like if you, let's take let's take let's take Stoke as the example so Stoke came up under Tony Pulis they had a very defined way of playing teams didn't like playing against them they got enough points to basically finish 12th yeah. and that was that was what that was what their ambition was and Tony Pulis I don't think probably got enough credit for what he did to keep them in that in yeah. that position and that is probably a stylistic thing it's a bit of a snobbery thing I would imagine as well but if you're a Stoke fan and this is a and this it's a difficult question for us to answer because we're all Tramia fans but as a if you're a Stoke fan if you're looking at that and you're going New season starts tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think for the new season? Oh. Well, the best we can hope for is to come ninth. 
do you know what I mean? And I just think, and, and yeah. at that point, it then becomes, and I said, I used the word to you guys when we were kind of thinking about this episode, it becomes like an existential crisis. You kind of think, what, what are we turning up for? Because you know those 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 games at the end of the season when you know your team can't go up and you know your team can't go down. And, and they're horrible. But what I find really weird, and I think I think this all the time. You ever watch Match of the Day? And there are those games on. And and it's like, I don't know, Brighton versus somebody else. In, in Brighton versus Newcastle with two games to go when they're both safe. Mm. And like Sometimes you get like a random like six five games for no reason, <laughs> but most of the time they're quite trap. You watch them or you watch my match today, and I just think nobody wants to be there. It looks crap. But then I equally kind of look at it, I think if this was on the first day of the season, why is it any different? Well, I think there are other things you can look at because I mean I've had plenty of lower league seasons where you tram you on going up, they're not going down. You just a lot under anymore. You're like twelve, and I think you have an opportunity to start going and as fans. Uh, we, that youngster looks good he's going to get a new deal or I'd bid him off next season it becomes a little bit of an experiment doesn't it you start to see start to plan in your head oh, we ended the season well so I think we've got in the playoffs next but year but season after season after season you've got to obviously keep it fresh haven't you I suppose as well when, when fans are going the games you're going to stumble across big games so if you're Stoke you get you might get a shot of maybe upsetting a, someone who's going for the league title you might beat like a United at home or a City at home and stop them winning the league yeah. you might think can we creep into 7th and get in the Europa League so I think there are achievable targets but as you say it's not like many other sports where you may get a bit of like if the NFL is starting this weekend and it's not often teams win it year after year after year after mm-hmm. year in the same way that the top 4 will win it in England so you do start to wonder is it more exciting the year you were in the championship if you're a Bournemouth or a Watford yeah, or whatever yeah. than finishing middle of the pack so, in the Premier League? It's like Swansea. Swansea's another one. Can you think of anybody, any team, who, like, you can think of teams that are kind of mid-table Premier League teams who are the teams that are currently in the league, but there aren't teams who are mid-table Premier League teams, like, just forever. Trying my heart. Don't say Everton. Yeah, sorry. We'll get on to Everton. <laughs> okay. But, no. But if you even look at that with Everton, I mean, the best season they had is when they spent the least money. It was proper bizarre. Like signing Marcus Bent under David Moyes, and I think they spent about two million quid that summer. But yeah. but 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 I, but, I, but I think you look. There's teams who've classically sat in the middle of the table. You know, Middlesbrough spring, springs to mind. That type of club. They've all had a spell in the. They've had a spell, but they always eventually revert back to eventually getting relegated. And a lot of the time, it comes from going, "We need to do better than this and changing what they're can doing." You name? Do you know what I mean? Villa, Southampton, West Ham, Newcastle, West Brom, West Brom, the Middlesbrough. So for me, there's a, a point like you just said where you either go right, we want the next level, but I think sometimes, particularly with Stoke, they went down the wrong avenue. And it's very well played out what happened, and he had like three or four managers in one season, and players didn't want to be there and and whatever. But there's also what happened to, I'd say, what happened to Tramier, which is we stayed in that league, went nowhere, mm. went nowhere, went nowhere, and stagnated. Yeah. And I think that happens to a lot of teams. You know, you look at that um, national league at the moment. Not County are in there, mm-hmm. uh, Hartlepool. Yeah, Wrexham. And Wrexham. Wrexham, 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 and that's not laughing at Wrexham. Wrexham are, are, are kind of a prime example for it as well because they're doing it in that league. They're kind of just staying in that league and staying in that league, and it just becomes so much harder. So I think there's two ways of doing it. But as a fan, if I'm looking at a team, 
I quite enjoyed Tramie being in League One. I quite enjoyed playing Leeds and 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 North Forest and, yeah. and Sheffield Wednesday. I quite enjoyed being that level. When we started losing, I didn't like it, but it gave me quite a lot to talk about. Mm. So what I, I guess being what average guessing, is quite boring, isn't it? Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that even when you're doing terribly, it's frustrating and it's disappointing, and because you take it to heart as a fan, somehow these eleven people on the field have affected your your, your yeah. emotional state. Yeah. Uh, for ninety minutes on a Saturday to the point where you're actually fuming still on a Wednesday, so it's it's a weird kind of thing, and I, I don't know what it is, but you know you 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 get into the point where if I'm a fan, I'm going, I want something to happen either way. Well, at least if you're crap, no. it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's the problem though. Fans don't realise what an achievement something is until it's gone. So Ipswich had this with Mick McCarthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where every year he, he he was finishing like eighth and spending no money, and he was nearly getting in the playoffs. Got in the playoff one year, didn't he? Lost I the think Norwich. So yeah, and then and then all of a sudden people are going, "Oh, he can't get us up, Mick McCarthy." And all the outside looking in are going, "Has he taken as far as he can take right. us?" But then Ipswich fans are probably saying, "We don't like the style. It's boring." It would be the same with Burnley if they got rid of Dice. That no one would be able to come in and replicate the performance. Well, that, that well I suppose Burnley are probably the probably the archetypal club to think about. Burnley are probably the most mid-table team at the moment. Yeah. At the moment in the Premier League. So for, if but, that, but, but, to be, but for, to be fair, for, they have gone to Europe. I mean, it was only one round, but or they, two rounds. So. Yeah, no, they did. But I suppose and and <laughs> went to Europe. We've got Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. <laughs> but with Burnley, do you kind of think? If Burnley were going to get to the next level, and the next level for Burnley is is where Wolves and Leicester are, is I that the it. next rung up? I would say so, yeah. Or maybe, yeah, yeah, it's seventh uh, to fifth. Yeah, yeah, because because Burnley classically comes somewhere between twelfth and eighth, don't they? They're, they're kind of they're, they're right in that middle bit of the league, and then they very rarely are in any danger of getting relegated at any point in nope. the year. And you know, you, you basically for about ninety percent of the, the of the season don't take any notice of them because you go, yeah, they're a good side. Them, they've got a good manager. They've got a really good, hard working group of players who know what they're doing. They've got a couple of good strikers. They've got a couple of good centre halves and a good keeper. That's it. There's not. No, we're not, not going to watch anything on match of the day and go, hey, did you see what Ben Mee did? Yeah, yeah, he, he was quite solid and made a couple of good clearances. Mm. Yeah, that's not funny. Do you know what I mean? And, and they're not. They're not doing it. They did so. For them, if you're a Burnley fan, and it might be different because some clubs will just be like, we're just buzzing to be here, we're just enjoying it, but you must get to a point where you think, all right, what are we doing now? Well, see, I look at Burnley and you hear teams like Liverpool fans and, and United and City go, oh, God, we've got Burnley away, it's a tough game. And I think, do you know what? If I was a Burnley fan, I'd be proud of that because nobody would really would have put them in that frame 10, yeah. 12 years mm. ago, really. Burnley... But is that a lot to do money. with Burnley, or is it a lot to do, lot to do with Sean Dyche's Burnley? It's a lot. Well, I think it's the environment to bring Sean Dyche in, in the first in the first instance. But then a lot of that is then Sean Dyche. They're mm. a very very stable club. What they're gonna have to worry about is if they keep not letting them spend money. Then I think he's already doesn't sound happy, does he? No. Because no. because you look at a Sean Dyche and you think, I mean, I don't know Sean Dyche, but no. I, <laughs> no, I mean I do know somebody <laughs> who uh, who may be able to bring him into the room for us just at this present moment in time. I don't know what you want about Danny. <laughs> I'm very happy at Burnley. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Sean. It's great to see you. Um, 
my fancy seeing you in, in the CH42 area <laughs> of Will. But I, 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 I don't know Sean Dice, but I would imagine that he's probably gone. I, I want to, I want to go the next level. That's what he wants to spend how the money much, for. How much will he enjoy achieving what he's achieving without the money as well? Like, do you know, by he might do, but if he's ambitious, club, he won't give a fuck. No, do you yeah, know what I mean? He won't. I think he's sensible. He would not go to a headcase club. Do you know how you well, get them would, managers who jump? He wouldn't. He but, needs but equally, to, go to a Leicester, a Wolves, potentially an Everton. I think that's where he would go. We'll see. I suppose that's an, that's a, that, that's the thing is that it's not just the club and the fans; it is the manager as well. And if you get you are a club that like, I mean, we we spoke about Bournemouth and we've spoken about them a, a few different times and stuff. And I, with Eddie Howe, I wonder if the, the 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 kind of the problem started when he gets to the point where he goes, Bournemouth can only go so far unless the club is radically changed. It can only go so far, and, and Eddie Howe would have had. He, he he must be an ambitious guy. He must have had. He must have heard, you know, getting him linked with Arsenal. You know, with he was linked with. Uh, he's been linked with the England job a number of times, and he must think there's a there's a higher level for me to go to here. My ceiling's higher than Bournemouth, and then at that point, do you start going away from the thing that made you good, which was you know that identity, mm. and then that's what I think the problems happen for those clubs is that you think, well, what is our identity? And I think. Looking at how, looking at Dice, if a Leicester Wolves Everton job came up, I don't think them fans would want them people. I no. don't think they'd be ecstatic with Dice. I don't think Everton. There would was be. a point with how where I think a lot of clubs would have been happy with. Him. I think been, that might have passed. But it always comes back to style, though, doesn't it? Because yes. fans put more emphasis on the style than the results. Often, obviously, not if you're going to get relegated. But how stood out because he stayed up playing well. Well, in, most people like a one or playing more else. attractive. Yeah, will stay up by doing the things Tony Pulis had to do. Whereas Howe sort of broke the mould and they scored a lot of goals. Mm. Ended up they couldn't sustain it. But sorry, Anthony, you no, say. sorry. It's just when you bring up that you know <clears throat> if you get relegated playing a nice way, well, invariably you don't play that well, do you? You might pass the ball no, around. I okay. thought Norwich got a lot of compliments this year. But ultimately, but ultimately, didn't score enough, conceded too many. Yeah, yeah, that's what so I mean. That, that's generally translated as not being very good. Yeah. Yeah. So one journalist say this is the greatest team to ever get relegated because of how they were playing. Well, that's an oxymoron, like that. isn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't. But you look. Oh, I agree with you. I think it's a ridiculous argument. What's quite bizarre is they beat Man City and stuff like that. Five mm. wins and one of them was beating City, and it was. Kind of, I think people looked at that and went, because City played football, Norwich played football, they could win them yeah. games, but they couldn't beat the one of the. I suppose maybe with Norwich. Their their ceiling last season was higher than certain teams, but they could only reach that they every now and again. Well, the last time out for it, they set up to go. We're yeah. not bothered about going back down. So the last time they were in, which the I like about them. yeah, sorry, the last time they were in the Premier League, but he sounded like Ricky Van Wolfswinkel didn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. And they spent quite a lot of money. And apparently, when he went back down, it kind of hampered them a lot, and the club wasn't in a great place. Yeah. So obviously revamped it and, and gone a different way, and you can see a lot of youth products coming through and and, and cheaper players. I think. And the players they bought this summer are quite young as well. Yeah, in terms yeah. Of so you see a completely yeah, you see a completely different like model to it. So when they've gone up, they've gone right. Well, we're not doing that. We're not going to go and spend a load of players and get rid of this side. We're going to let these grow, and, and I think they're going to get. They should get the rewards, and he got a reward of a Premier League season. You can bank that money. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, and. But again, don't have the but, same head, uh, hangover. I don't think. No, either. I don't think because so either. They because they went into it with that attitude. They went like, no, "We'll do anything to stay up." Did anyone think Daniel Fark was going to get elevated? Mm. And 
I really wanted to do a, like a, an impression, a German impression. Do it. I don't even know if I haven't got one of Daniel Farr. Oh. But he sounds Stick like, to your Sean Dice. He sounds like uh, on Shrek, them three pigs. <laughs> don't you think? We're going to move often, on. Often he's had a conviction notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you look at Norris and you think, okay, so Norris's ultimate desire then when they're in the Championship is to get promoted to the Premier League. But then the question I would ask, and then what? And this is this is this is, I wonder if if it's it's I mean I suppose in a way there is only so high you can go yeah, like as soon saying. as you get close to the top the the margins narrow loads don't they absolutely yeah, exactly. I, I think you know, I mean the only time we've ever seen it really happen is that Leicester season and I think that was I don't think anyone's really explained why it was all the stars happened. just aligned didn't it I don't yeah. really think it was a perfect storm on other cliches yeah all them so but I also think you've got that in the championship as well you've got these clubs where they just stay there and because the championship is is a bit it's harder it's 46 games the championship is the most ridiculous league on the planet it's so strong strong because you've got all these players coming down from all these teams coming down from the Premier League and you've got decent ones coming from League One most of the time and I I think you you get the the, this, this I mean like Sheffield Wednesday are now in a dire position and they had, they were a Premier League team. And well, they you, were a classic mid-table Premier yeah, League team exactly. for a long time, weren't they? I just think you get it in both leagues, and I'm, I'm concerned. And I know I've tipped them to do okay. You know, the likes of, of Sunderland and Ipswich in League One, does that happen there? Does that, is that the gamble that you've taken with, like we said, Mick McCarthy before? Does that happen there? Do you, do you spend three or four seasons there and... It's difficult. It funda- I mean, we, fundamentally we, changes Tramier, the dynamic Tramier, of your club as yeah, well, doesn't it? Tramier took a bit of a gamble when they hired Gary Brabin and, and we stayed in, 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 in the National League and we were like, hang on, what, what's going on here? And I think we changed, just, we just expected it, to it go up. It becomes a gamble though, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, I mean, I, there must be a threshold of where after a certain time you go, we're not that level anymore. But a lot of clubs, because the fans still go in the games, you mm. remember it? Like I was speaking to a friend the other day and he was, in, he was a bit pissed off about our performance going out against Harrogate in the cup and he was like we were finalists in that cup and I was like we were yeah but 20 years ago we're not Yeah, that was like yeah. Leicester wouldn't really be we should have won the league this year we won mm. it four years ago but people do if you've only started watching your club in that period of time that's I think how you recognise your club well I suppose at that point then that's probably a good opportunity in terms of Slightly moving the conversation on to, to to the likes of, I'm going to drop the Everton bomb, Newcastle are another one. I think for West a long Ham. West Ham. I think for a long time Spurs were, yeah. were one of those clubs as well. Mm. Spurs have, have have actually managed to break through that ceiling to a certain extent to the point where I'd say for the last five years they've at least been in the conversation for a title challenge most seasons. Maybe not actually going to win it yeah. but that at least it's not a ridiculous thing to say that I fancy Tottenham could go and win the league this year or yeah. they could, yeah, they could be that one, they probably should have yeah them or Arsenal should have that year oh, yeah. but but if you look at them clubs so Everton's a really good a really a really kind of Do you know it's ooh. kind of an overused example I'd say round here it is. I mean, it is, and that's, that's well, locality what, like, for what us. What is the conversation around Everton? What is so? It, so, if you look at Everton, okay, and this season they've now got Carlo Ancelotti as the manager, yeah. three-time Champions League winning manager. Mm. They've signed James Rodriguez, Alan, and Decore. 
It's lovely, isn't it? It's very lovely. Mm. They're also apparently in talks to be getting Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. yeah. So they could have a team. Oh, and they're getting they're getting to cut uh, Tamori as well, aren't they? From Chelsea, apparently. What's the story? For Kyle Tamori. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's let's just look at it and think okay so they've got that as a midfield three they've also got Andre Gomez in there they've still got the likes of Fabian Delph still, still got Richarlison Dominic Harvard-Lewin Moise Kane who whilst he was disappointing last year there's no doubt that there's potential in there mm-hmm. you add Wilfred Zaha to that mix Luca Digne is a player of decent calibre centre-halves could be Tomori and uh, Yeri Mina or Keane yeah. You know, Seamus Coleman's a decent right back still. John Joe Kenny's coming back in there. He spent a season in the Bundesliga. That is a decent squad. It's a very decent squad. And you would probably say, outside of Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea. I think the pro- do you know what? Looking at it, you'd probably put them on. on, on <clears throat> if you had a goal scorer, a proven goal scorer, you'd stick them with Spurs. Yeah, you'd yeah. say it was the quad on paper. Yeah. But do you trust them? So, do you trust them to? I'll let like, you go, Anton, and I've got some thoughts on everything. Because, I, and like, I suppose I asked the question from a perspective of, we we know just purely from locality, Everton are such a big club, such a huge historic club, mm-hmm. and their fans generally are portrayed as being fuming most of the time, mm-hmm. and you can kind of understand it because it just looks horrible I, I, every time. That, like you kind of talk about it, I think I'd hate to be an Everton fan it looks awful it looks he'd like... know better than me and Anne wouldn't he about being an Everton fan yeah so Anne I want to know your thoughts <laughs> yeah Danny had a season to confirm I like um, to explore different things <laughs> so I've got a, a couple of things on Everton that I think historic club what happened in the 80s happened you know that's gone but you spoke to Neville Southall and he said that it was kind of a managed thing to to go down that route of not not kind of signing the same players mm-hmm. and, and obviously the, I think the big switch over in the, to the Premier League definitely affected Liverpool and it definitely affected Everton and mm-hmm. the ones that came out on top were United and it, it, it straight away they were United but United were building that's fair enough and they had Alex Ferguson yes and they had the best one well the best manager to ever go yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so, in the Mickey So then, <laughs> as it's gone along, they obviously won that trophy in 1995, and they've struggled financially. Now they're past that, and I thought David Moyes did a fantastic job. Got them to a final, got them to a semi-final against near rivals, near uh, local neighbours, sorry, and you know, on another day that final, they could win that game. They go one 0 up. You know, you're playing against a very, very good Chelsea side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all them stars and Lampard team. absolutely whacked the screaming in, didn't he? Yeah. And so you're playing against like a, a, an amazing Chelsea side, and then I think when when David Moyes leaves, they get Martinez in, and the money comes around, and they're getting a little bit more of a, a, a solid foot, and, and they're, they're still at this point. You know, when when they're with Moyes, you know, they're coming mid-table and doing well and they're doing okay in the Cups and he probably I think Kevin goes back to that Wigan game where they lost and it was like oh, that was our that chance was, that, that was, was the chance one, that was the chance and so w- when Martinez leaves I think since that point they've been going no this needs to change now we're winning we're going to win and I think they've gone through Koeman and they've gone through Allardyce and whoever else they've had Silver which I didn't think was a good idea anyway 
But I wonder if, but, but, but it's, a, I it's think an identity that, thing, isn't I it? Think, well, it kind of is. I think they're in that mode going, no, I want to win. I want to win. This isn't good enough. So I think that's why they've changed the manager so much because it's never been like that before and it's not really in their nature to go, well, just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. Yeah. Get rid of him. And well, I yeah, think, boys I think, for a long time, didn't they? Yeah, we? exactly. I think they're going, no, we want to win. We want to win. That's where the money's coming in. That's why they're spending more. And when people say, and you were talking about fans' expectations, the, the disparity in Everton fans because it it like stretches such a far um, range of success in the 80s you've got fans still going the game and you've got the 90s fans and you've got the, the early 2000s fans who've seen Wayne Mooney come through why aren't we producing these players this that and the other and it's just such a, a big mix of, of fan opinion so they were going oh we'll have Eddie Howe well we'll we'll have Sean Dice, we'll have this and then there was people going oh you can't get Ancelotti and to be fair I don't think anyone really realised that they were going to get him mm. but now they've got him and they're going yeah this this us this has to be us Like this is going to be Everton now This is we're, we're good enough to do this so I suppose on that point I would ask you this a question so in the same way that Daniel Levy spent a long time turning Tottenham into the type of club that could hire Jose Mourinho mm. Did they then, were they only in a position to be able to hire Jose Mourinho because he's not a Jose Mourinho anymore? Does the same thing apply to Carlo Ancelotti? Does a club that's that's in a better footing in terms of, I'm not, I'm sure. not going to say bigger, I mean a club with a higher ceiling this next two or three seasons, do they hire Carlo Ancelotti at this point? I'm not sure I could judge it right now. I don't think they've been in charge long enough at the moment. But particularly Ancelotti's not really got the team that he wanted. And he but I'm more, mean, I'm more mean in terms of can't you know? Everton hiring Ancelotti mm. is, un, is undoubtedly a, a, a statement. Mm. It's a statement move. But were they only able to hire Ancelotti because he's now at a level that Everton are attainable to, or have Everton gone up a level? I think Everton have gone to go and get him. Everton have gone, gone up, up off the pitch to, to go and get they him. They just haven't caught up on it. That's that's the weird. Well, we thing we were looking at like net spend before, weren't we? Mm. And over the last five years, Everton are the fourth highest net spend in the Premier League at like four hundred million. Well, I got million. hammered by this. Well, not hammered. I don't know. Someone on Twitter about this the other day that I said Everton just don't have a plan in the transfer market, and they haven't done for since they got the money. Probably since Moyes. I mean, when you went, when they had Moyes, they never had money to sell to bring in, but they had a style. When they brought Fellaini in, it was because he fitted them all perfectly. Yeah. And they spent a bit of money on him yeah. for their standards that time. Fifteen million, yeah, I think sixteen million at the time. Moyes broke the transfer record a lot, but when you look at it, it was like BT for six million, Andy Johnson you for, could for like eight or something. Yeah, wasn't it? it wasn't huge money. Moyes' last few seasons were sixth, fifth. Fifth, eighth, seventh, seventh, sixth, fifth. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible with the budget he had. Baines out of nowhere, Lescott out of nowhere, but it just ran its course. He went to United. Then Ant touched on that, what happened then. If the money came in under Moyes, it's not unrealistic to say they could have won the league. But do, but is Moyes the manager that you want to give 400 million quid to? Not now, no. But that Moyes then, who needed three or four players of quality. If, I mean, Everton, but it's a different dynamic though when you is, get that when is. you become that club isn't but it but Everton have become a club starved of success starved of money for that long when they got it they didn't know what to do with it it was like when you, you're stuck outside of a sweet shop and you go, go in and there's 20 flavours of ice cream you don't know what one to pick okay they so I would ask you didn't know what to okay, do okay so for you genuine question I'll ask both of you this what is a successful season for Everton this season this season it's either got to be qualifying for Europe and if you don't qualify for Europe you've got to win at least the League Cup 
if not the FA Cup. It's got to be one or the other. They'd be hoping for both, I think. I would, I would say you got to finish. You got to finish. You're going to do a lot better. You got to be a bit more entertaining as well. You can't play the way you did after, lock, after and lockdown. We, and I'd <laughs> say to that, Everton's mentality, and I completely understand it because we've done this with our clubs. You don't give certain managers a chance. They didn't really want Martinez. They didn't really want. To be fair, the first year, the first season, they were loving it. They had the Moyes back four still drilled, and Martinez's lovely passing. They came together and then it fell apart. They didn't want Silva. But Everton fans, last few years, and this isn't a criticism, have gone, these players aren't, um, sorry, these managers aren't good enough, these managers aren't good enough. And after the restart under Ancelotti, that's as bad as they've been under anyone. And it was these players aren't good enough. Yeah, last five or six games, they were awful. So Ancelotti's already got the buy in from the fans to be. To, to add that spell there's no excuses now for them they, they can't go anywhere ok so let's say so, for example let's say let, let's say this season Everton comes 6th right yeah but they're still 17 points off the top 4 and they get to the semi-finals of one of the cups are Everton fans going to be happy with that and I know there's I, a lot of things I, that go around that like I think you've got to be I think you've got to go that's a building block yeah we're in Europe we're now can we can achieve Goals that we wanted that we've set up. Okay, so then, so then after, so is their their ultimate aim to try and win the league or is it to get in the Champions League? I think it's getting the Champions League and stay and stay as a Champions League club. I don't think, I I, I don't think there's many teams who can stay as a Champions League club. But we've already got six that doesn't go into four. One of those clubs would have to fall out of that. That will happen. That will happen. That will happen. Arsenal spent a long time getting in the last day of the season into the top four. Mm. Yeah. They all so we, a joke, didn't I, I think, are we I thinking that's I the think, position of the, of the top six that's, that's the vulnerable one Spurs is Arsenal? No, Spurs are going to yeah. go that way as well. Spurs have gone from signing Christian Eriksen and Son and people like that to Matt Doherty and Hoiberg, who, no offence, are both good players, but when people after Jaden Sancho and, and players like that, and you're after that. But are they, not, players, are they not players that they needed, that they didn't have in their system? The, the, the are they holes that they needed to fill? They needed a right back, and Matt Doherty is a very good right 65 back. Sixty-five million on or whatever on Dumbele, and instead of going, he's going to be our man. They've gone out and gone. We'll spend fifteen on Hoiberg. I think. I just don't think they can compete at the moment. I think just going back to the the expectations of Everton, and what I was trying to say before was when you know they're going around. Oh, we want to win games. We want to be. We want to win now. We're, we're sick of this. We're bored of it. And that's why you got the money coming. Yeah. And, and yeah. They're a big club, and you know. You get them going well, they could rival Liverpool again, and you could. Hasn't you know, helped that Liverpool been so good. Either. Absolutely, and I yeah, think just I think that, into stark focus, the, yeah, it? and again with, with Spurs as well getting in there, but it does show that it's possible, and they've got the back, and you know they're getting stuff sorted off the pitch. But you're now going right. Well, let's progress, and I think he can get that under Ancelotti, and I think no, it also it also I think for a club like Everton, Cannon needs to be a, either a. Uh, a manager who is ingrained in the club and understands the values, and and just gets what what happens, or it needs to be someone who's, with no disrespect, someone who's got that on the CV and go, fuck, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. I, and I think that's what you've got now. I, I don't think Marco Silva had that. I don't think Ronald Koeman had that. I don't, I don't, don't think, think Rodriguez would go to Everton under them players either. Sorry, under them managers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Although there's a money thing. Players are mercenaries. That's where Everton get it wrong. They've give all these players massive money 
and then you can't ship them on. Yeah, because there's nowhere else. That's what I mean about having a plan. It's a problem for well, they've got lots of teams, isn't it? But Everton, I think, have have been particularly guilty of that. Walcott, Sigurdsson. Well, Sigurdsson on paper was a good signing, but you you spend forty five million or whatever it was, probably give him one hundred and twenty, and then West Ham come along two years later. Oh, we quite like him. We can give him fifty grand a week. So what you do? You pay seventy for him to go to West Ham, and then you're like, well, it's funny you should say West Ham because I I think they're in that that. Bracket again. This is driven by fans' expectation. Like, all we have is the West Ham way. What is the West Ham way? Okay, so another question for me would be then so let's say for this season, Everton come 11th, Mm. right? Don't have any cup runs to speak of. What what do you do next? You have to measure it. You have to say, was it an 11th where we, we looked like we were progressing? Which on paper, 11th doesn't sound like it, but you never know with. Let's say it's quite a disappointing season. They do, James Rodriguez doesn't really click, so some nice flashes. They're not they're not terrible. They don't embarrass themselves, I but they're just not great. And they can't finish if, in the middle of the table. If you finished 11th, which isn't great at all, you'd probably have to still back Ancelotti yeah. for another year because you're going to go, well, what's the point? Because we've brought in the best possible manager we could have brought in. A manager who could manage most clubs. But is this not your team again? That's what, No, but it's short term if you get rid of him. No, no, but I mean... If you think so, so I suppose the question that I'm asking is, and this applies to to Everton and to West Ham and and Newcastle, which we'll we'll talk about Newcastle specifically in a moment. But I suppose Everton and West Ham are kind of good examples. And Everton, I think, are out of those, Everton, Newcastle, and West Ham, Everton are probably the best positioned to 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 to, to finish higher up the table than the other two. Do fans need to reevaluate their expectations or? Are their expectations fine and the club need to meet them? Or is it a little bit of both? Do you know when fans reevaluate their expectations? I find it's often because they buy into what the manager's doing. I think you've seen it with Liverpool in particular, and you'll see it with Man City fans with Pepper. It's not that hard to buy into Pepper, is it? But I think I think it, it, it mainly stems club, yeah. from the manager. So I think if Everton fans are I've, I think they're fully behind Ancelotti. I don't think. No, I'm more me. I'm more mean from a perspective. So of, I think. No, do, I, do Everton fans need to reevaluate? Right now, in the current climate, and this is not an Everton thing. This is just because we've used Everton as the example. Hmm. You're not a top top six club. Well, I I think it'll be some. What I was trying to say is, I think that'll stem from managers. So the manager will give those press conferences and just keep everyone level headed and people will buy into it. And no matter how much you you say, oh, I don't really bother with all the Twitter and stuff and all that you'll see what Ancelotti says yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. interesting isn't it and it's something that England have had England yeah. have had it with Southgate Southgate's kept that very very measured now it's difficult to go to that next step very very difficult to go and win tournaments and what have you but they've actually gone no, England aren't this team where you know we're going to go and beat Portugal we're going to go and beat these top 10 sides and we'll just play swashbuckling football and, and you go back over there and, and we'll just we'll do they play Grealish more yeah. and we'll just have a great time it, like it, it, Southgate's managed to stop that like whirlwind of like oh what amazing I, and I think that's what'll happen and I think Everton fans are going to buy into that I think it's already started I think you know seeing that after lockdown they're probably going oh god what what is this but what are Everton fans not now looking at it and going we've bought a 29 year old Hamas Rodriguez a 29 year old Allen and now old Decore 27 yeah. these but, aren't we, these aren't players where you go give it three or four years and this is the basis of a really good well, squad it's, it's, it's got to happen want, now yeah, it has it, to happen it, it now happen. and what is it that they want to happen now but what I it would say, well yeah, and, really and, good, and, and, and then and then it's also like oh we 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 have to spend 400 million quid to come sixth. 
So do you know what I mean? It's think, oh fucking whoop they do. <laughs> I wouldn't knock six in the Premier League myself, but the you would do if you were just coming, you were coming between that, tenth and sixth yeah, every single you're season. You're spending four hundred million catching up on a City and a, a Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal who've spent seven hundred million over the last fifteen or so years. It's so you you you, you look are, at early you, City. Early City were signing Sean Wright Phillips and Craig Bellamy. City now sign. Lionel Messi if he gets out of his contract mm-hmm. it's a process isn't it it doesn't happen overnight but Everton are saying we need to get to this next level and these players will get us to the so next level so I would level. say that next level is first of all being a lot more competitive than they were last season and mm-hmm. playing against the top four and being a lot more competitive because I don't think they did very well against the yeah team. that's true I know they do pretty well against Liverpool and they stifle them and, and, and what have you but they don't you know getting turned over 2-0 by Sheffield United at home that can't happen that, yeah. that, that, that doesn't happen you don't lose those games no. that'll be the expectation of Everton fans I'd imagine so that would be progress for me yeah I mean and it ties Everton, into the Everton new stadium will, as well doesn't absolutely. it Everton will finish higher this year than last year I, I, where I, did they finish at the end of last year was it 13th I mean if they finish lower it's an absolute disaster isn't it I don't yeah I don't I can't see it like for I me like like for me I'd love absolutely nothing more than Everton to have an absolute whirlwind of a season next year and come in in the top four because, they finished because year, when Everton are flying it's it's it is great mm-hmm. to see and we've got lots of friends who are Everton fans and they're, 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 we're, I'd say as Tramia fans we've probably got more of an affinity with Everton than we have with Liverpool because they both haven't won anything in ages and we both play <laughs> play have blue in our kit so there's no, that. But what what I would say just on that is, what like if you're a fan, and especially if you're an Everton fan, I've been speaking to loads last few weeks. That's what you want. You want to go and sign Hamas Rodriguez, and you want Ancelotti as your manager. So you can't really blame them for being excited or blame them for wanting them things. But I don't think Ancelotti's got anywhere to go this season if it goes wrong, and I don't mm. think Everton fans have. So I think there'll be a collective desperation positive desperation to achieve something yeah if that makes sense because it's kind of like we've put all our cards on the table all the eggs are in that basket now aren't yeah. they yeah and it's been a few years of spending money now you you can make a few mistakes along the way you're not going to get every transfer right but I do think any Premier League club and we're going to I'll move this on to Newcastle as I say it <clears throat> I think Newcastle this week have signed Jamal Lewis Callum Wilson Ryan Frazier and I look at it and go, at least it looks like they've got a bit of a plan there. They've looked at deficiencies in the squad, and they have been a bit of a head case club, Newcastle. They, they've 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 and signed they've signed players in positions that they needed strengthening. Yeah, but I think the players represent good value. I think you bring Jamal Lewis in at twenty two years old, a lot of experience was aged thirteen million quid in today's transfer market. He could be worth forty million pounds in two years easily. Callum Wilson, if he stays fit, I think the Callum Wilson one, I think. Is one of those signings that, on paper and for a club like Newcastle, who don't generally go and buy players who are, oh, I've seen him be actually good in the division that we're in. Mm. But I think that's, I really like Callum Wilson. He's a very good player, but his injury record is would be concerning to me if I was a Newcastle fan and think if he if he if he breaks down this season. We've got literally nobody else to put the ball in the back of the net. You look at it. It's a lot of, lot, lot of, lot of. We lot spent of... forty million last year on Joe Linton for two goals. 
I'm happy spending twenty on Callum Wilson. No, no, I'm not saying don't spend it on him, but 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 I'm kind of. Well, do you know what was? Do you know what was funny actually when they signed Callum Wilson? The player I was thinking of, they should have gone. Why didn't you just come sign him? Was Ollie Watkins, and then Aston Villa spent 145 billion pound <laughs> on him. Aston Villa basically <laughs> sold Villa Park and the half of the city of Birmingham to buy buy Ollie Watkins, and I thought, all right, twenty million for Callum Wilson probably looks quite good value. So suppose then Newcastle, because Newcastle are probably, I mean. It's 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 them further removed from us, but we've got a a friend called Matty who's a big Newcastle fan, yeah. and we often have these discussions about what is it you want from your club, what is it you expect, and he's got a perpetual frustration with Newcastle and a perpetual frustration with their underachievement, and theirs is obviously linked to the fact that they've got an owner who is at best disingenuous towards the club. He is he is sort of <laughs> unambitious is probably not the right word. He almost treats it with disdain at times. Mm. So theirs is obviously hampered by that. But again, with Newcastle, if you look at it, and the same question I asked to you before, if you've got clubs in that division, Mm. so you've got Man United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, Newcastle, Everton, that's half the league. They can't all be successful. They can't all be really good. More will fail than succeed. But they've got to be making positive steps, haven't you? You've got to be seen to be doing the right things. And then yeah. does that make up? Does that make does that make supporting a club like that quite difficult in terms of, like for me, you look at it and you think you would associate Everton, West Ham, and Newcastle fans with being fuming at their club and being like, oh, that's they, so Everton, that, big, that's so I'm Newcastle. Pass on to Ang, but there's such big historic clubs with great traditions and huge fan bases that I accept that anger in a way because it's kind of like they want what's best for the club and they have expectations and they've had historic successes but the problem is how far do you go back so well, that's what i mean yeah i think with with newcastle i think the one thing that they're missing is excitement isn't it they're, yes. not, they're not happy but yeah, they're, yeah they're not yeah. happy and he hasn't been happy for it for a long time since pardew even pardew <laughs> i mean like Pardiola. it wasn't great they had some holidays he got relegated it was um, They've been treading water the best, yeah, haven't they, for a long a, time? It was a mess. But if, if I think back to the start of the millennium, they're challenging the Champions League. Mm-hmm. See, challenging. They're in there. They're making good, good waves in there. They're scoring goals. I think big game against Barcelona. I think they won that one. Um, that's where they want to be. Mm. That's that's ultimately what they think they should be. But that's very entertaining as well at the same time. And I don't think they've had that for a while. And I look back at all the kind of stars that they've had I don't think it's it's necessarily winning cups and winning leagues for that and when you said is it hard to go and support a team like that I think it's I think it's very very tough mm. for Newcastle fans to to stay away from that club I think they want to but they realise how how big that is to them mm. I think when you when you look at that owner and you look at the way that club's ran and what it does for the community the fact that 50 odd thousand people still turn up and go and support that even though that I imagine the majority of them probably think we shouldn't be here, we should need to be taking this and this and this yeah. to the club. I, I think it's quite commendable, really, well, because a... I think it's a really difficult thing because they know what they're going to get. They, they know they're not going to get the, any good football. Steve Bruce, I, I'm a big believer that you can win a game of football in any way possible. It doesn't have to be passing football. It can often be, you know, it doesn't have to be attacking football. It can be defending defensive football. It can be counter-attacking football. But, you know whatever you can do to make yourself competitive 
Now, for some fans, that's great. You know, you're competitive and you're in the game and you're not losing and, you know, you can go and blame the finances and whatever. Mm-hmm. Newcastle fans know that he's minted, which doesn't help. Yes. <laughs> Literally, when he's going through uh, metal detectors onto, I think it was a building site, and he's pulling out an enormous wad of cash and just putting it down, like it's all scrumpled up. Yeah. And then going, no, we don't have enough money to paint some of the... It's mad though, isn't it? Because I'm not remotely sticking up for him. But having being worth a pound amount of money in liquid cash is a little bit different because yeah. Everton lost I think one hundred and twenty million pound a year before last, mm. and it's only so many. It's years. a harsh way to describe Cheng Tosin. <laughs> <laughs> it's only so many years. No matter how rich you are, you're gonna put up with a loss. So like I that. think when yeah, when, but, but was, especially when the high street's dying, he's probably going. Wait, Mike Ashley saved you at the high street. So I think when you go back to Massive that. Mugs. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe when you go back to, to those like kind of things, Newcastle fans just want excitement. And I know I mean personally, Matty genuinely just wants excitement. And I don't think it necessarily comes from winning cups and, and leagues. They've had relegations and they've become a bit of a, a, a weird club in that sense. And I suppose what most people go, Oh, you only got relegated over here, you gotta do your time and work your way up. And mm. it's not like that. We've seen it's not like that. And I, I think just give him something to watch because it's boring watching Steve Bruce football. But then again, is that not just a is that just a life of being a mid table Premier League club? Yeah. So I was gonna to say to you, we talked about Bournemouth earlier with the style and stuff like that. What would you rather be? An exciting club that's more likely to go down or a boring club that's gonna stay up? And you also look at like Which is hard because you are there to be entertained, but on the other hand, some people will be driven by results. So mm. I'm gonna ask you both, would you rather Next year, if you were supporting Newcastle, be a Daniel Farke team, and he's the gaff, and he's going to set you up on knowledge play, and you're going to play with the ball and play out the back with the players that you've got. Or would you rather be Steve Bruce and go, you know what, last season we won 11 games, we finished 13th, we got 44 points, never, and we got to a, did we get to the semi finals or the quarter finals? Quarter final, lost the city. I mean, didn't they, they took one point from the last five games, and they were still nowhere near relegation. So, grand scheme of things, just as good as Rafa. But he's not Rafa Benitez, not as sexy as Rafa Benitez. I suppose what we would look at it from from Newcastle fans' perspective, which is what you've just said, and we know it with our club. The whole thing with Mickey Mellon at Tramier. <laughs> Have we come from that? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Honestly, I'm taking the scene at Ruth, but I'll okay. come back around. The whole thing with Mickey Mellon was, yeah, it was absolutely amazing getting promoted twice. But I think the biggest thing that we'll always remember about when about the period that Mickey was in charge was that he genuinely, and even if this was a whole facade, he he presented a person who cared both about the club, about the fans, and also about the area. Yeah. He cared. They give they proper he proper give a shit. And that and and people can criticize our owners, but they proper care about the club. Mm-hmm. And as much as anything else, that's the thing that I think bonded the fans and the team together was that Mickey drilled it into the players any opportunity you get, you talk about the fans, you talk about the town, you talk about the atmosphere because it means something to these people. And I think that's the biggest problem that those clubs have is that they struggle to find that connection with the club because it never settles on one true kind of path that they're going down. They, ne- You know, West Ham have got a massive issue with their owners. Mm. Newcastle have got a problem with their owners. Whilst Everton haven't got a problem with their owners, they have got an owner that they don't have a massive connection with. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. That could that that yeah. could come. And I just think what it is for them is they just want their club to to be to have some self respect, 
and to and to, to care about the about the fans and about the region and have people on the pitch who represent who that represent and not that be absolute mercenaries like Sigurdsson was after lockdown when yeah. he just pulled out of tackles earned his money but didn't earn his money got paid his money you don't want genuinely you, didn't you, give a you shit. don't want players like him you Everton, don't want players like Wolcott you don't want yeah. people like that playing for you Newcastle it will be for forty million West quid and, and Everton. And even like look at Sunderland now in week one, the the working class areas, they want people to run through a brick wall for them. That's what Moosey gave them, that's what mm-hmm. Bobby Robson gave them. That's yeah. what, that's or someone who'll entertain them. I mean we spoke to Pat Nevin the other night and he said the bit most exciting thing, the the best thing about being a footballer for him was when someone would come up to him and said, That thing you did on the pitch, that when you did that Maisie run, when you did that shot, when you did that thing. That that made me happy. That that excited me. That was the thing he loved the most. People just people just want to go and uh, and be excited and be interested in it. And I think for though that that's and I suppose that comes back around to why we wanted to talk about this is that does it it, it does it make, so I suppose then in summary because we're kind of we're coming up to to an hour so we probably need to wrap it up. But I'm gonna ask a summary question then to both of you. And I'm gonna start with you because you're chomping at the bit. Okay. The question then would be is that does supporting a club like that make football less enjoyable can you define like that we're talking about Everton's and the Newcastle's or just stuff? a bang bang mid-table side is that yeah like is supporting take, a mid-table take... Premier League club right okay so I'll try and take take away like any examples I won't use Everton Newcastle anyone else who's ever finished mid-table so does it make it less enjoyable I don't think so. I don't think football will ever be less enjoyable to me. I still think I'd find enjoyment somewhere. Mm-hmm. When we were losing games uh, that I've seen where we're getting battered 5-0, I've always found some form of enjoyment from it. Okay, but, but that's a different thing though, isn't it? Getting battered 5-0. I get it, right? If we were bang mid-table, if we were playing dull football, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make it horrendous for me. But it would kind of make it like, oh, I wish we could be like that. It make me envious. Mm-hmm. Definitely make me envious. I think a lot of fans are at the moment. They're quite envious of, of people, you know, winning, winning stuff. I think I've been envious for the majority of it. You know, winning, everyone else getting to finals and doing stuff. I don't think it would make it less enjoyable if it was a mid-table Premier League side. I don't think. I don't think so, because I think I still think that's pretty pretty high team. So, and and I get it. A mid table in any league, forever and ever, no. But it wouldn't be that good. I think there's a there's a there is a limit to it. Mm-hmm. If you know we were mid table in League One for a long time, that, those few years that, that we spent in the National League, that kind of got annoying. They were more interesting than a lot of the years we spent in League One. Won a, won despite a, it being two divisions below what we'd probably say is our level. Won a lot of games, didn't we? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. When you're winning, it's better. Yeah. When you feel like the Billy Big Bollocks is yeah. better. That's what, but that, I suppose that's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Is that if you're if you're a club like Tram, yeah, even though it was we don't want to get relegated to the National League, absolutely not. We've gone down into League Two. Yeah. We're going to probably win more games this season than we would have done if we'd stayed in League One. I think there's a there's a different part of it as well, and, and it always gets tied up as is how you win. So if you finish mid table Premier League, you're gonna win quite a few games to do it. Like, well, you should do. You certainly draw it. So it's how you do it. Like, for for me personally, and it it will change round the table. I don't care how we play football as mm-hmm. long as we're in that game at ninety minutes. It might be nil nil. If I think we've got a chance of winning games, I don't really care how we play football. It's the 
setting up to draw a game I don't particularly like setting up to be competitive in a game I'm a big fan of and, and, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're spreading the balls out to the fullbacks and you, you're doing all this ticky-tacky stuff if you're just competitive in a game like mm-hmm. so for instance Neil Warner gets a hammer and Dunny and I, I, we've said it before I'm, I'm a fan because basically what he does is goes right how can I test that opposition and people go oh you should play football this way maybe he doesn't know that so and he might know that he might not but that's kind of what I link it to so I don't think it'd make it any less enjoyable if I was mid-table it'd be the if we're setting up to just go and draw games and and, and I don't think that's competitive but I think if you're trying to be competitive you're trying to go we'll defend and then we'll go right we've got you know we're going to we're going to go on the front foot and we'll go and go and score I think that's better I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's what people want to see people want to see people love tactics don't they as well there is appreciation for tactics as you get older I think when you stop singing and, and chanting and stuff which I think I've done now I think let, you just I'll stop. let you know when we get there <laughs> I think I think you just you, you sit there and you, you take it in don't you so I think that I don't think it'd make it less enjoyable I, I agree with Ant I, I look last year 9th, 10th and 11th so if you look at the three middle of the back sides Sheffield United would have had no problem watching that last year Burnley like what Ant just said, maybe not the most attractive, but there's an appreciation mm. to how they play. Southampton, I think they're a lovely side to watch. So I think um, I think I'd be fine with it because my counter argument to all three of those clubs could be: Sheffield United that just got promoted, mm. Southampton got absolutely wellied nine 0 at the beginning of the season, and were probably happy just not to be in a relegation dogfight. Yeah, but one game out of thirty, you can't let that define you, can you? No, but what I mean is there was a genuine period where. They just been whack nine nil, and didn't they lose like the three games after that? As Unless well? the side would have sacked the manager. And, no, and but I suppose that's like I suppose that's what I, I suppose that's what I mean. Everyone it's, could see Ralph was a is a good manager, yeah, a good yeah. tactician, and is taking the club in the right direction. So I think. It, would you be happy though if if you're a Southampton fan and in four seasons you just go eleven for eleven for eleven? You've got to be. This is going to be cheesy, but it's about making memories along the way. Why does that, why do any of us go to football? I, I, I tram you were crap and ab, so so average for years but I still enjoyed going to football mm. I still enjoy watching football still so is it the delusions match. of grandeur maybe maybe not delusions well, but is it the idea you of you don't go into a season is it the expectations of wanting more that, that, can, that causes can the be, disappointment yeah, which be. goes back to that question I said before Do, is it better just for fans to just go well I'm not going to have any I, I mean it's difficult if you're like a Man United or something, but for the rest of the clubs to just go, I'm just going to see what happens this season. And I'll just... nah, it's impossible. You can't take human emotion I've out got of a, it. Got no, a... but I'm not saying take emotion out of it. What about, you ha- just you don't can... have a preconception about it. It's impossible. It's a bias that you're just carrying every walk of life. You, you make your mind up on what's going to be good. Is this film I'm going to watch going to be good? Or is my team signed well? It's like... You sure, can't turn that part but if, off. But if I... But if, so, so, for example, if, if you set, went into the season with Tramia and you were going... I want us to get promoted. We're definitely going to get promoted. I think we're going to get promoted. We've got the right, the best squad to get promoted. And then we don't. You're going to be disappointed that we haven't. But if you went into it and think, well, we might get promoted. That'd be quite good. But as long as we're not shit, it'll be all right. And then whatever happens, you're not going to be majorly disappointed. It's not going to be deflating for yeah, you, I which get, then bring doesn't I bring the frustrations that, that come with it. To be honest, my stance when I watch football is I'm relatively realistic and don't really lose my head when things don't go quite to plan. But... I understand a lot of people do. There's some people put ridiculous amounts of pressure. People start blaming the most random things at football clubs because they just want to vent their anger at something. And it's kind of like, 
well, if we would have done this, or how can that club sign that player and we can't even do that? And you're like, just calm down a minute, take a step back, take a deep breath. But that's this what is I think is the, that's what I player. think is probably the difficulty about supporting one of those clubs is that it becomes very much like, like those clubs are thinking we need to push on, we need to push on. And then when they don't, that's where the disappointment and the frustration, the anger comes. Whereas if they went, well. We we're not gonna get relegated. We're gonna see some good teams. We've got some really the good players. Is, it's the enjoyable. Second you have that empathy, I think it kills you. Ever that's your attitude. But it doesn't have to be I apathy. I don't think it needs to be apathetic. But I do think there is, a, and the club doesn't have to do it. It doesn't necessarily the club inside. You know, behind closed doors, the players they don't have to do it. But I'm just thinking from a fan in terms of and and you know linking it back into the mental health conversation that we often have in terms of your enjoyment of it and in terms of those emotions that it's going to give you in, in a negative sense if you go into it with ah oh, i'm going to put so much stock in the fact that we've you know forever and we've signed james rodriguez so we're, we're going to be boss this year we're going to be boss this year and then they're then they're then okay but they don't do that well and you just think oh, i'm now disappointed but whereas yeah. what you should just go and go is let's just see what happens i get to watch james rodriguez i know what week. you mean like when we were signing players and you see all the time on Weber league football twitter HMS Pistol League and those all those gifts. Anytime any team signs someone good, the the, the gifts come rolling out, yeah, the yeah. memes come rolling out. People get carried away. It's natural. It'll take some hours of training to, to not be able to do that. It just comes down to personality, I think. So I've tried not to get carried away with Trammy this season. I'd be disappointed. We are going to piss the league, though. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if we don't get playoffs, but I'm not looking at it going, I'm going to be like, well... I haven't bought a season ticket yet, but I'm going to be ripping up a season ticket if we don't do this and that. They're quite hard to rip up because they're cards now, so yeah, you have to like exactly. get your you have to snap scissors yeah, out. Yeah. And go on, final points, wrap us off, mate. You look like you're, um, you, you've got some knowledge to impart. Um, Thomas Imparty. Just, just uh, I think for for some, fa- I get the point of like, you know, you've got to be quite realistic, but what I was going to say was, you know when, um, you, you, I know like uh, a few fans who support Liverpool and support United, they're quite level-headed. I some it might be the ones just that I know, but I, I never see them take it for granted. Mm. Uh, the, winning those games and winning those titles and and stuff like that. And now you've seen it, particularly with United, and you've you've seen it with Liverpool. That absolute like urgency to go. I want it back. I, I've I've lost it. Where's it gone? I need it back. I need I need that back. And mm-hmm. that often comes out in frustrations and and and, and, and silly things. But I I, I never think that that it means less to them mm-hmm. you, you know because so for instance because United were at that level for so long it yeah. never became like oh we've won another league oh great it was always appreciated because it was oh it's always fun winning things exactly but we should you, know that but, but you know on the outside looking in you know when you get these successful periods of teams you can often like people make comments like oh Pep Guardiola's Barcelona it's, what's, yeah, it's boring no, it's boring watching people win games and and you're like, well, that's kind of what you're meant to do in a football match. You're meant yeah, to win yeah, games. Yeah. And I I never understand that. I, I don't never even win when you win it. Exactly. I never understand it. I never get to, to the point where it's like, oh, they've won it too many times. I mean, case in point would be uh, Lewis Hamilton winning season after season, yeah. title after title. Scotland as well, um, the, the Premier League there. I don't think any Celtic fan would ever find that monotonous or boring or, no, or, or anything like that. So, and I don't think they appreciate it any less. So I think it is down to personality, and it's obviously a very you know subjective thing. So mm. if, you, if you're listening to it right now and you're thinking, well, 
you know, I think we're wrong or whatever, you know, it's, it, it's our opinion, but you know, what you've got to do is, is try and I, I'd always, I wouldn't undersell yourself or your expectations and just try and keep it level head because you'd appreciate it a bit more. But, and then again, I, I would go back to that Carl Anker point. If, if it is getting to the point where you, you're going overboard and you're thinking, oh God, this is getting on top of me, find something else as well. Find, yeah. find another sport, spread them out. Spread them out because stop it, trying to get people into cricket. Yeah. <laughs> it won't frustrate you that much. You're not on the recruitment board you, now. You know, spread them out because if, if if football is the only one that you've got and it's the only way you can you can vent those frustrations and and, and expectations, find someone else because it's it, yeah. it isn't healthy. Yeah, any of that. Yeah, I'm going to wrap us up there, fellas. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your thoughts. Very insightful, very enjoyable as usual. As we mentioned at the start of the episode, we are now on Patreon. You can uh, get involved for just two ninety nine a month, which is around the price of a match day program. And given that you are not going to be going to the matches anytime soon, yeah. Do anyone? I don't know. If the programs go online now. I think well, might. I did, I think they had some minister didn't need to move them online. Mm, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, Tell you what else is online, Patreon. So our Patreon is two ninety nine. As we said before, we have Premier League, Championship, League One, and League Two prediction shows on there. We also have uh, our early release of an episode we did with Mike Jones, who is just signed for Barrow and is going to be starting the season tomorrow. And we will be releasing another surprise early release with a, a Championship midfielder today. So you can get all that on the Patreon. You can help us grow the podcast. And as Ryan mentioned at the beginning. We will be giving part of those proceeds to charity and we'll be announcing uh, this week, this weekend, early next week, at some yeah. point, about who our, uh, who our chosen charity is. Uh, we also have a Premier League Fantasy League, which you can get involved in. And you can find all of those information on the Twitter. And what is our Twitter handle? At marking underscore man. Tremendous. And Ryan, what hashtag should, should people use? Do we have a hashtag? don't think we have one. Well, nah, make, just, make one up now. Eh, what up? Where's the talking lads? Where's the talking lads? Use the hashtag. Where's the talking lads? And we are recording this the day after a World Suicide Prevention Day, and we did a few tweets, and there's been a lot of stuff going round, and and we do talk about suicide, and we talk about these things a lot, given the nature of our podcast. And you can never say it too much. You can never overstate it. But if you have a friend, you have a family member, you have a colleague, you have somebody that you're worried about or you're concerned about or you haven't spoken to for a while, reach out and speak to them. They all start with talking, all start with asking, ask questions. And you don't know, you might save a life. Thank you for listening. We've been Man Marking and we'll see you on Monday.